Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now your hosts, Bela Sebro. She's the nice one. And Alan Skorsky. Uh, he's not so nice. But together they are the definitive rap. I'm Alan Skorsky with my co-host Bela Seabrow, and welcome to the definitive rap, where we discuss the news items the mainstream media just won't touch. The definitive rap is proud to be the official podcast of vinnews.com. Last year, while most shuls had limited and restricted minyanim from Rosh Hashanah through Simchas Torah, this year, most shuls were open for business, albeit with some cautionary guidelines. A year ago, we were still in the mask and social distancing zone. This year, we sat near each other. Yet, as the doctors will tell you, we are far from, from being out of the woods. Today's guest, Rabbi Dr. Aaron Glott whom Bela will introduce properly in a few moments, is one of the most sought-after experts on COVID and other infectious diseases. I want to go on record for this show that I, Alan Skorsky, am fully vaccinated and never felt to be in any danger. I did consult with my doctor, whom I fully trust, and unlike many others who complained about mild discomfort after they were vaccinated, I didn't feel a thing. When the promise of a vaccine was first rolled out under the Trump administration, many in the media and his many political critics said it's not trustworthy. Then, under the Biden administration, the messaging became, follow the science, it saves lives. And while millions of people across the globe have been vaccinated, there are still many who are reluctant. Leaving out those who believe in world conspiracies, there are others who are very reasonable and intelligent people who have legitimate questions based on sound and documented research. There have been many reports of people becoming violently ill or suffering serious side effects after being vaccinated, possibly from the overstimulation of the immune system known as the cytokine storm. One of the questions I have is, has the messaging, which seems to change almost daily, contributed to lack of trust. Would it have been better if everyone was told to consult with their own physicians who know the patient's history, been more reassuring than Americans being told that everyone must take the shots and everything is safe? This last group is whom I hope to represent today. And as I stated earlier, I don't believe there's anyone more qualified to answer these difficult questions and concerns than Rabbi Dr. Glott. Bela? Thank you, Alan. Throughout history, humanity has been beset by pandemics, and sadly, millions of lives have been lost by such catastrophes. However, never before has a pandemic caused so much political havoc as COVID-19. When COVID first hit society, many people were terrified to leave their homes, even going so far as being afraid to touch their own mail. They would wipe down delivered groceries with heavy-duty disinfectants, and all that people were talking about was the hope that a vaccine will come out ASAP. And miraculously, it did, pretty much ASAP. Myself included, I couldn't wait to finally get that jab so that I could get back to living life cautiously, but yet be able to get together with the people I love and want to be in company with. Interestingly and ironically, 
There were those who a few months earlier said they desperately wished that a vaccine was in place, yet are refusing to be vaccinated. These are people in healthcare fields too. I will never forget when I got my first shot. As I was about to be injected, the nurse informed me that she would never get the vaccine. I must tell you that it took great willpower for me not to jump out of that chair and run away. Today, we will be discussing the COVID vaccine and do people have cause to fear? With us today is the esteemed Rabbi Dr. Aaron Eglot. He's the associate rabbi at the Young Israel of Woodmere. Rabbi Glad has been giving Adaf Yomi Shir for over 30 years and gives a weekly Gemara Be'iyun Shir, daily Halacha Shiorim, and many other classes, including a daily online Dirshu Mishnah Brura Yom Shir on OU Torah, almost all completed and available online with a sixth volume nearly finished. An international lecturer on medical and halachic issues, Rabbi Dr. Glad has authored two Sepharim through, through Art Scroll visiting the sick and women in the Talmud. And he is the director of the Medical Halacha Commission of the Rabbinical Alliance of America. Board certified in internal medicine and infectious diseases, Rabbi Dr. Glad is chairman of medicine and chief of infectious diseases at Mount Sinai South Nassau and a full professor of medicine at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. A spokesperson for the Infectious Diseases Society of America, he previously was the president and CEO of St. Joseph Hospital, executive vice president at Mercy Medical Center, and associate dean at New York Medical College. He recently received the 2020 New York American College of Physicians Award and was named a master of the American College of Physicians. A graduate of Yeshiva University, class valedictorian, he received his MD from Columbia University and did an internal medicine residency, chief residency at Brookdale University Medical Center and a fellowship in infectious diseases at SUNY Health Sciences Center in Brooklyn. The author of several hundred scientific journal articles, book chapters and presentations, he has served on editorial boards and as a reviewer for many prestigious journals. He has worked on many government, hospital, medical school and public health committees and has frequently been interviewed by print, television, and online media. Rabbi Dr. Glad, it gives me tremendous honor and joy to welcome you to our show. On a personal note, during the height of the pandemic, I watched your Zoom lectures, and I remember there were times I had trouble getting into the session because there were over a 1,000 people, and that comes as absolutely no surprise. Rabbi Dr. Glott, there are people throughout the United States and many professions who have chosen to quit their jobs rather than submit to a vaccine mandate, and not just those in healthcare fields. Just last week, a 30-year veteran of the San Jose Police Department surrendered his badge rather than be vaccinated, and he's not the only one. An Army Lieutenant Colonel, airline employees, a Major League Baseball executive, and the list goes on and on. It has gotten so bad with resignations that a hospital recently announced that they would have to pause delivering babies because of so many resignations amongst their maternity staff. So my question, Rabbi Dr. Glad, is what is really going on? Is there any cause to fear the COVID-19 vaccine? Are there people who die, get very sick, or become infertile from the vaccine? Okay, so that's a, a loaded question in many ways. So I I can't address, nor do, do I think it's appropriate for me to address, I'm not an expert in the political 
uh, areas regarding the vaccine, nor in uh, any of the non-medical debates regarding the vaccine. So I'll try to present the accurate information about the vaccine, which I think is overwhelmingly in favor of most, if not all, people taking the vaccine. There is a certain subgroup of patients that should be evaluated by a physician, especially in regards to prior significant anaphylactic, very severe allergic reactions to certain injectable IV intramuscular um, products that they've received previously and had an anaphylactic reaction. That's like a shock reaction that they're essentially almost going to die. And those people need to be evaluated by their physician uh, or an immunologist to decide what, if any, measures they should take. Certainly, if somebody had the first dose of the vaccine and had that reaction, that would give great caution towards taking the second dose. However, for the vast, vast, vast majority of people, there really is no contraindication, no medical reason not to take the vaccine. And while there are uh, a lot of um, pieces of misinformation out there, uh, the data now are very strong. We have 5 billion doses of these vaccines given worldwide. They've been followed now for uh, in, in the studies for well over a year period of time, in the real world for a nine months period of time. And the data are overwhelmingly positive that these are extremely effective in terms of preventing death, in terms of preventing uh, serious complications such as an ICU state and intensive care unit stay, uh, intubation, having the tube put down, Uh, your throat to breathe for you, even being hospitalized. These vaccines are extremely effective, even against the Delta. And this is true for all of the three currently United States authorized vaccines. The Pfizer one is actually officially FDA approved. The others are authorized by the FDA. And the safety data on these is also phenomenally uh, a large database And you'll read tremendous misinformation out there about how there are thousands and thousands of complications. People don't understand the statistics and people don't understand how the system works. It records every single complication that occurs. If you, heaven heaven forbid, got hit by lightning, as one person in the original studies did, that's recorded as a, quote, complication of the vaccine. I think we all can agree getting hit by lightning has nothing to do with the vaccine, yet that is officially listed as a complication of the vaccine. Heaven forbid if a person gets into a car accident after the vaccine and dies, that's listed. So when people tell you, oh, thousands of people have died after the vaccine, that's just simply incorrect. Mm -hmm. And I really ask people to look around and do they know a single individual? I personally with all of my connections through the hospital systems, do not know one person that died from getting the COVID vaccine. I haven't heard in our system or from local doctors one person who died. Now, people will tell you, oh, so-and-so got a heart attack nine months after the vaccine. I see lists and lists of, of people who had complications after the vaccine. Yes, people will unfortunately die after they get the vaccine, but that is not statistically or medically related necessarily to the vaccine. That's why you need to do studies. That's why we have come up with some rare complications that are due to the vaccine. Nobody has ever said that these vaccines are not without potential risk. Nobody has ever said that they don't give you uh, a significant percentage of people, probably 50% get some local reaction, not feeling well, a flu-like syndrome, headache. 
those occur. Nobody has ever said that they don't occur. In yeah. fact, we've been out front so much telling people about every possible risk that some of these risks, which are extremely rare, it, are scaring people. But we need to tell people the facts about COVID. In the United States, 26 pregnant women have died from COVID. Not one has died from the vaccine. Pregnant women who get COVID are at extremely higher risk of getting serious complications, including losing their baby, heaven forbid, getting into the ICU, dying. Now, the risk of getting the COVID vaccine has been shown to not be higher. If you get the vaccine during pregnancy, there is no elevated risk, despite what you may read on the internet. Published scientific papers clearly show no risk. There is not one paper, again, not one scientific paper suggesting infertility is a complication of COVID. There's not one scientific paper suggesting any of the other major complications that you read about on the internet that occur all the time occur from the vaccine. Now, there are complications from the vaccine. There are rare complications from the vaccine. People have a right to ask the questions, have a right to know what those complications are, and they need to sit down with their physician and get that information. But after all is said and done, people are far, far more likely to die of COVID than they are from the vaccine, hundredfold, thousandfold more likely. And that's the message that maybe we haven't been getting out as well as we should. COVID is a deathly illness. We still have people right now in our ICUs, mostly unvaccinated people, dying from COVID. There are 15 deaths a day from COVID. Almost all, if not all of these, are preventable with a vaccine. I like to tell a very interesting story about two identical twin brothers. Their immune systems are identical. They have the same body build. They're both in their 50s. Big, tough, large people. And they both work together in a body shop. This is a true story. It happened about two months ago. They both were exposed in that body shop to the same exact person with COVID. They got theoretically the same dose of COVID. The brother, the identical twin brother was vaccinated, had very, very, very mild symptoms. Unfortunately, the identical twin brother who was not vaccinated died of COVID. These were people in their 50s. This is the tragedy that we don't hear about. This is the seriousness of COVID. And that's why we recommend vaccination in almost all people. And that certainly includes young women because there is no risk of infertility. There is zero. Again, I, I ask people to look for the data. Don't read social media. Ask for published papers showing any incidence of infertility after the COVID vaccine. There isn't such information. Look at the information on pregnant women who have been vaccinated against COVID. No increase in complications of pregnancy compared to the control group. Look at pregnant women who get COVID. They have a higher mortality. Right. It it boggles the mind that people are willing to look at non-scientific data and ignore the scientific data. That's not to say that there aren't legitimate questions to be asked. That's not to say that physicians have to do a better job of explaining And that's not to vilify people that have questions, but we need to also listen to the answers. And I do think that the answers are so clear in in, in this situation to really, really strongly advise every person who hasn't been vaccinated yet to have a serious conversation, open your minds and listen to the data. 
and then make your decision about getting vaccinated. You're the one that it's going to help the most, although it will help society in general. Right. So Rabbi Glott, first of all, you just answered just about every question I was going to ask. And I know in my intro, I had mentioned Donald Trump and Biden. It wasn't meant to politicize it as it was just meant to say that the messaging, you know, keeps changing. Like I said, I myself, I went along for the ride because I said that I believe in the vaccine. I said, if Hashem is going to take me out, he's got more creative ways than doing this. But, you know, there were, I have, I have friends who are intelligent people and they, they have, you know, real questions and the messaging that I've seen, because again, like you said, there's tons of messaging out there. Uh, I see a commercial in Brooklyn. That's filmed in Brooklyn because, as you know, I think it's been reported that about 60% of the black community don't want to get vaccinated because they don't trust the government because of history with mistrust. And so they have a woman with the Jamaican accent saying, I took the vaccine. I feel great. It's great. Go take it. You know, go to Disney World. And even though that message isn't targeting me, I see that. And if I'm someone who has questions and you see this and you see the government, and again, I'm not making it political, but it's as you, you as Bale had mentioned earlier, you have seventy thousand doctors now, or people in healthcare who are going to be resigning, and the new governor of New York wants to replace them with National Guard. So, in my mind, the biggest problem we've had is is the messaging, and I don't mean the Bedafkinics who will Bedafka not do what they're told to do, but the people like you mentioned who are reasonable, whose concerns are legitimate, they're almost being made fun of between the politics between the mixed messaging and to me, and again, I don't know. And again, I, I loved your earlier answer. And t- that's how I think it should be that in, in every shul, if that's your target audience, let the rabbis give a 30 minute speech with data. Don't just, you know, put a video that says, go get the shot, stop playing games because for them, it's just going to make them dig their heels in even more. So I do think it's very important that the local leadership, both the lay leadership, but even more importantly, the Rabbanim, that they do need to step up and tell people the halachic obligation. Rav Chaim Kanievsky Shlita, the, the Sar HaTorah, Mika Rav Chaim, he has paskined that you should get the vaccine, even if you're pregnant. He has paskined that. If Rav Chaim were to say, everybody cannot wear two shoes, you can only wear one shoe, the entire... Haredi world would only wear one shoe. There would be less Mandipalik. Nobody would argue with him. And at the same time, here he said, go and get vaccinated. And all of a sudden, everybody's uh, qualified to argue with Ruchayim. The Eidah Haredi, this other great Rabbanim, Paskin the same way. Harvasha Weiss, Shlita, all Paskin the same way. Her Shachta, Her of Willig, all the great Rabbanim. Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky Shlita, who is not known to be the most strongly in favor of vaccination, has said, go and ask your doctor. That's what people have to do. Ask your physician. And 99.9% of physicians are recommending vaccination. There is not one infectious disease physician in the United States, not one that disagrees with what I'm saying. These are the experts in the field. Since when did we ignore Shulchan Aruch that says, go and ask the experts? If I say you're to be Mechalu Shabbos because you have a chest pain and you need to go to the hospital and the lesser doctor says, well, you know, I don't think it's chest pain. I, I think it's indignation, uh, indigestion. Guess what? You're to listen to me because I'm the expert and I'm telling you you have to be Mechalu Shabbos. 
So the same thing, every infectious diseases physician, every professional infection society, pediatric, adult, obstetrics, gynecology, colleges, all the experts, with zero exceptions, all recommend the same thing. We don't get checks from the pharmaceutical industry. It's another canard that they're all being paid off. Every doctor in the United States is being paid off. There's not an Ehrlich from doctor in the United States that has refused these monies and is talking on his own. No, you have a handful of doctors who unfortunately are not experts. And I, I don't question anybody's uh, intention, but they're not experts. And they're not, from Sheikh to Shlita, always, not everybody's entitled to an opinion. Experts are entitled to an opinion. Find an expert that disagrees with me, a true expert. And if he's your doctor or your rav for everything, don't go pick and select. I say, look, rav, if your rav, who you ask all your shilas to, and you follow that rav religiously, and he tells you, I think it's awesome to get vaccinated. I, I don't know one rav who says it's awesome to get vaccinated. I, I know some that say, uh, don't run to get vaccinated. I can't imagine any rav saying it's also to get vaccinated according to Jewish law. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to say that. I can hear a rub saying, I personally don't think you should take that risk. I disagree with that medically. I even disagree with it halakhically. A rub is entitled to disagree with me. He's a mumcha. But it has to be based upon expert medical advice. The rub of Yashaber Salavechik Zatzal, says you can't pask in the shayla if you don't know the, the metzias. He was asked once, can you go and use a self-winding watch on Shabbos. So he said, boys, bring me a screwdriver and I'll open up the watch and then I'll tell you what the Metzius is. That's how you pass in the Shailah. Exactly. We don't pass in Shailahs based upon Ruach HaKodesh. That's not allowed. So as bright as a Rav may be, as, as knowledge, he knows Bucky's, Bobby's, Yushalmi's, he knows everything. He still needs to know the Metzius. He has to ask a physician, an Erlicha physician, an expert physician. And you don't ask one. You go for the majority of the mumchen. There are always possibilities that people will disagree with the majority opinion. That is allowed. But you got to ask the majority in this situation what the majority opinion is. And in this situation, majority, it's an absolute vadai. 100% of the infectious disease physicians. Again, I say this publicly. Find one infectious disease physician that's not in favor of COVID vaccination. Let's have discussions. Does this person need vaccination? This person not need vaccination? They recently had COVID. There's room for debate within the mumcha field on an individual case. How essential is that vaccine for that individual patient? I don't recommend people get vaccinated. They recently had COVID. I suggest that you wait. Right. We can have disagreements about that. That's a a, a, a mute, mute, a very, very small number of people. And at the same time, the vast, vast majority of unvaccinated people should be vaccinated. There, There is no medical opinion of substance that disagrees with that. Rabbi Dr. Glad, with all recommendations to get vaccinated, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I read that deaths from COVID-19 rose sharply just recently in the month of September, yet people from all walks of life, from, not from, and also including celebrities and influencers, are, are socializing without masks and social distancing. I'm talking about people who have never been vaccinated. And, the, and my question is, have they not learned anything yet? 
Um, so, additionally, what do we know about the Delta variant and how is this variant different? So I'll answer your second question first, going against the normal thing to answer the first question first, but that will lead me to answer the first question. The Delta variant is certainly more contagious than the previous variants and much more contagious than the original strain of, uh, of COVID-19. So that's an important fact. It may, it's not 100% clear, but it may be more virulent, meaning it may be more capable of harming people who do get it. Having said that, the vast, vast majority of deaths and serious hospitalizations in the United States are all in unvaccinated people. Almost all. The only ones who are vaccinated are people who have usually older ends of life. So you're talking about 70, 80, 90 year old people who were vaccinated right up front in the first month or two and have now gone six, seven, eight months since their vaccination and they are somewhat susceptible. Even most of them are not, Baruch Hashem, anything happening. And that's why the booster recommendations have come out specifically targeting that group. And the data for Marriott Yisrael is extremely impressive in saying that you can make that small risk in that elderly population and make it almost zero by giving that third dose. So, again, the vast majority of people in the United States who are in the ICU, who have a tube down their throat breathing for them, who never have died recently from Delta, almost all the cases in the United States are now Delta, have been unvaccinated. And people like to say, well, look at Eric Zisrael. Eric Zisrael is mostly vaccinated. The people who are sick, unfortunately, had gotten their vaccine, the older people had gotten their vaccine early on and are in that small group of people that would benefit from a booster but hadn't yet gotten the booster. But if you look at the rate, the number of people who get sick, it's overwhelmingly high in the unvaccinated group. If somebody understands science, understands statistics, you wouldn't you wouldn't think for a second to question the efficacy and safety of these vaccines, they are so overwhelmingly positive. HaKadosh Baruch has given us an unbelievable present. He gave us the answer to this machalo. And unfortunately, some people aren't willing to take the answer. I, I, I'm not here to insult anybody, certainly. I'm not here to question anybody. I'm here to provide information. Yes. The overwhelming scientific medical and Laniyaz Dati, from the postkin that I've asked, halachic opinion is that you're either strongly urged or even, according to some postkin, obligated to take the vaccine. And for someone to say that the Jewish religion forbids you to take the vaccine, there's not a single source to say that. Right. Rabbi Glatt, we have maybe, maybe a minute or so left. So I'll ask you a quick question, and if you have to go, you have to go. I watch a lot of Fox News, and they're always citing Israel as a standard. Can you tell us why Israel is considered the former or why they're the ones who always look to? Do they know something that we don't, or is it just that they they got a head start on us? So Eretz Yisrael is Eretz Yisrael, so we start off with that. Right. So that, that's, you can't start a conversation without saying that. But we'll talk, from a, again, from a non-Jewish point of view. We'll talk from a scientific, medical point of view. Eretz Yisrael was a perfect laboratory experiment. They had one type of vaccine. So all their, all their information is based upon the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. It was given in a, in a society where you have excellent electronic medical records. And everybody in the country belongs to one of the four 
or, or uh, uh, number of, of, of HMOs, for put it in our terms, the Kupat Cholim groups. So they collected great data. They had a very strong vaccination program. They vaccinated in order uh, the highest risk people by age, and they did this over time. So they're a, a perfect experimental model. And Pfizer, when they gave them the vaccine, they had an arrangement that this data would be published and would be gathered, and that's exactly what's been done. So Israel has been on the cutting edge of producing data on the efficacy of the Pfizer vaccine specifically. Now, they don't have the J&J, they don't have the Moderna, they don't have, until recently, the AstraZeneca vaccine. So their data is very pure data, specifically looking at one vaccine and looking at it at a set dose, and given over time, they have collected the data. And that's why the data is very, very impressive. It's very complete. It is uh, extremely useful. And it has taught us a tremendous amount of things. And kudos to Eric Yisrael. Good. Rabbi Dr. Glad, I know you have to leave, but one more question. This is really very important, and I think we all need to know this. Um, in your professional opinion, is COVID here to stay? Meaning, has COVID-19 become an endemic disease? And if so, how long will it last? So, uh, unfortunately, I'm not a Navi. I'm not a Ben Navi. So I, I would have to answer that as a guess. And we're all entitled to make guesses. But here, as opposed to everything I've said till now, which is based upon hard scientific medical advice and information and halachic information, here it's my personal guess. And here, anybody's free to disagree with me. I personally think that COVID is not going away for the near future. Whether it will ever go away, that's a different question. But certainly for the immediate future, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about in terms of at least a year, if not longer, because there's so much unvaccinated burden of disease around the world, it will spread around the world. And the mm-hmm. concern is that a new variant strain will develop that might right. be even more resistant to the vaccines. And that's why the push on getting the entire world vaccinated Supposed to, okay, let's Hashem, take care of everybody in Eretz Israel, take care of every yeah. United States, and let's not worry about what's happening in uh, Bangladesh. That's, that's not a smart scientific yeah. approach. Yeah. Yeah. We need to vaccinate everybody. And until we do that, we're not successful doing that yet in the United States. So right. until we do that, it is clear that COVID will continue to be a problem. How much of a problem will depend on how successful these vaccines are in terms mm-hmm. of preventing spread as well as serious illness. And right. if we get to the point where, Baruch Hashem, you're vaccinated, you get a mild flu-like illness, and that's it. So then that may be what we have to settle for in the immediate future. If you have Hashem, we'll do even better than that. But at the present time, I don't see us uh, not having COVID around for for at least another year. Wow. Okay. Rabbi Dr. Glatt, thank you so very much for joining us today. And thank you for all that you're doing uh, with regard to your expertise and to help save and prevent serious illness in our society. May God bless you. Thank you to our audience. Thank you very much. Thank you to our audience for tuning in and to vinews.com for our show being their official podcast. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Wrap with your hosts, Bela Sebro and Alan Skorsky. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can listen to The Definitive Rap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Rap.